Hi, this is Christy Ogle with Sometimes Spouse. And today I wanted to talk to you about the secrets to starting your own successful business. The American dream is and always will be to come up with an idea, start a business and become rich from your own efforts. Based upon this motivation, thousands of businesses fail every year due primarily to not being familiar with the basics involved in running a business. This article will enlighten you and give you a number of suggestions that you can use to better guarantee your chances at success. This article is written with the warning that any and every business venture contains certain inherent risk and in no, and in any one way is the right, might not be the right way. And our suggestions are not the only way. On the contrary, we advise that you, before investing any money in a business venture, you seek counseling and help from a qualified accountant or attorney. Just about the first thing you should consider before deciding to start or purchase a business is the legal form which you're operating under. There are basics, basically four choices. One, sole proprietorship, two, partnership, three, limited partnership, and or a corporation. Each has a number of advantages and disadvantages. We'll try to spell them out for you. As much as anything goes, for many people, starting a business is a form of ego gratification, and they form a corporation for some sort of pristine gain, just to say, I own a corporation. With just a little bit of observation, you'll find that one of the major causes of business failures is due to the founder wasting startup capital on frills such as an impressive storefront office, expensive furnishings, and corporate legal costs. One of the basic traits you must develop is it's going to be a successful business. It's to keep a tight hold on your expenditures. In fact, a good rule of thumb is that anything that does not make money for you or protect your investment should not be purchased at this time. Very definitely, this applies to the expenses of setting up your own corporations. Unless you have a partnership and start your business as such, the only real advantage to forming corporation would be appear to a corporate structure will semi-protect you uh, property and the property you own. As example, you own a car or a home. You form a corporation to protect these possessions from the business losses. Yet, if you can be found guilty of misusing corporate funds, your business creditors can pierce uh, the corporate shield and come after your possessions. Basically, if you invest everything you have in your business, as most newcomers do, you don't usually need a corporation because you have nothing to protect. Your household protection possessions personal belongings, generally your car, and even a portion of the equity in your home is protected by the homestead provision of the Federal Bankruptcy Act and cannot be taken away from you. As a sole proprietor or a partner of a business, you'll be paying taxes on your overall earnings. Much of the same as if you're holding down a salary job or an hourly job. Whether you do or don't take money out of salary, you will have no bearing on earning your your business and tax returns. The often advertised advantage of incorporating is that you manipulate your salary in order to save tax dollars is a real because of corporation laws. However, the IRS frowns on this practice. When your business is successful and you make a lot of money, definitely check with your accountant on the advantages of incorporating. As a corporation, you'll be subject to a number of the drawbacks as well generally high tax or higher taxes, stricter laws concerning the operations of your business, more elaborate accounting procedures and legal papers that require just about 
every time you make a major move or sign almost any contract. Thus, your legal and accounting fees will be much higher, higher as a corporation than will be required for a sole proprietorship type of business. As a sole proprietor partnership, you'll find there are many areas that register to register your business name. The cost, however, is minimal, ranging from $5 to $100. About the best way to find what law apply in your area is to call your bank and ask if they need a fictitious name, registration, or card certificate in order to open a business account. Selecting a name for your business is quite important to you and particularly relative to your advertising. Your business name should describe the product and services you offer. Fancy names such as Linda's Clipping Services will lose potential walk-in and passing customers to the beauty shop across the street that calls itself Patty's Beauty Salon or Jane's hairstyling shop. The advantage of using your full name in the title of the business, such as Johnny Joe's Meat Locker, has the advantage of making credit somewhat easier to come by, provided you pay your bills on time. But it also includes the disadvantage of combining your services locally and regionally at best. Should you buy or lease or rent a space for your business, think twice before you make a decision about these lines. Most businesses tend to grow quickly and never get off of the ground. There are a few exceptions, but only a very few that tend to grow at a modified rate. So buying a piece of property and setting up your business or within that property obligates the ownership regardless of what happens to your business. Leases are almost always very strong contracts written by attorneys to the advantage of the property owner. When you sign an agreement to pay someone for the use of their space over any length of time, you are nailed into paying that space regardless of what happens to your business. In the beginning, it's wise to get a short-term lease possibly or arrangement with an option to lease at a uh, later date. The, this does not apply to retail businesses unless your particular business has uh, to be an untried one. Definitely you should open a business bank account. In selecting a bank for your business, scout around and look for one that can help, will help you. Determine what your banking needs will be and then via telephone interview the managers of banks in your areas, the important convenient bank in your business location. A point to remember, the closer you make a relationship between you and the bank manager, the better your chances of going to be for approval of loans or special favors that you might need at a later date. Try to become more acquainted as many of the bank as employees as possible. The better you know them, the more courteous they will be, especially in the course of your relationship um, and your association with them. Just as a doctor is a specialist in this field and you go to him for medical problems, your banker is a specialist in this field and you should go to him for any money problems. In business, you have, you'll have to learn that everyone's an expert in his own line of work and your associations with other business people refrain from acting like a Sharpie or pretending that you know exactly how everything works in somebody else's specialty. You'll find that very often different banks specialize in different types of business. As an example, you're sure to find businesses that specialize in real estate transactions, export import businesses, and even manufacturing operations only. What I'm saying here is that you're planning to sell a fairly inexpensive item, your customers will probably need or want financing. If you're behove and you're, you find a bank you're familiar with your type of product and could afford by your customers, then you can get contract financing. Some of the questions you ask your banker include the following. One, is it necessary to maintain a certain bank balance in your account before you approve a loan for me? What qualifications do you need in order to obtain a line of credit with the bank? 
Three, does the bank limit to the number of loans or types of loans it will approve for small businesses? Four, what is the bank's policy regarding the size of a check you might deposit that requires holding for collection? Five, and what about checks less than that amount? Will they be immediately credited to your account? Six, or in almost all types of businesses, it will be to your benefit to set up a bank account, a method of handling Visa, MasterCard, and regional credit cards. The important thing is ultimately to set up your account to the bank and will service all the credit transactions for you. One stop for all your banking needs. In most instances, you'll find that the capability to or to fill orders make via credit card transactions will increase the volume of sales uh, greatly in your business. Once you've made the decision as a bank that you're going to handle with your account, you'll need a social security number for your federal employer's identification number, your driver's license, the fictitious name certificate, and requesting Visa or MasterCard franchise. You'll also you'll also need for the financial statement. For corporations, you'll also need corporate resolutions approving the opening of a business bank account. There are several different policies just in every state regarding installation, hookup, charges by the telephone, utility companies. Some require a deposit and some don't. You'll find that the great number of city business license departments are solely for the purpose of collecting other taxes. Depending on the type of business you're asking for a license for, the building and zoning people might inspect your premises for sound structure and safety. Generally, you'll, you won't encounter any difficulties. You'll simply pay the fee and operate your business in that city. And the clerk checks the name into the city license certificate. Relative to sales tax permits and licenses, each state rules and regulations vary widely. The best thing you can do is call your state offices and ask for information concerning registry and collection processes. Many states require an advanced deposit or bond, and you'll find that some wholesalers or manufacturers will not sell, sell to you at a wholesale prices until you can show them a sales trail tax permit or number. Should your business entail selling your product services across state lines, in another state you'll be required to collect taxes exempt from those from your stores or offices. You'll, you may also find that your particular business requires the collection of the federal excise tax. For information along these lines, check with your local office of the IRS. Some states also require certain businesses to hold state licenses, such as those required in states for TV retailment. These are known as occupational permits and are often required of barbers, hairstylists, real estate people, and a number of consumer-oriented businesses. If you have any doubts, check with your state offices for a list of those occupations that are require licensing. Any business doing business in any type of interstate commerce is subject to federal regulations, usually through the Federal Trade Commission. This means that any business that shops, sells, or advertises in more than one state is subject to such regulations. And this includes even the the smallest of mail order operations. Normally, a few businesses, business people have ever and contact with the federal regulatory agencies. The only exception being with this is the question of operating your business unethically or illegally. Any business that sells or distributes food in any manner almost always requires a county health department permit. If your business fail, falls into this category, simply call the county health department and invite them to your place of business for inspection. The fees generally range from about $25, depending on the size of your business when you first inspect it for a permit approval. There's also a number of businesses that require inspection by the fire marshal. A fire marshal 
fire department approval. Generally, those are to handle flammable materials or track large numbers of people, such as a theater. Overall, the local fire department has to be allowed to inspect your premises, whether they deserve to or not. You also may run into a requirement for air or water pollution control permit. These specifically apply to businesses that burn anything, discharge anything into sewers or waterways, and they use gas-producing products, such as a paint sprayer. Without a doubt, you'll need to check your local regulations relating to advertising display signs. Each city or township makes their own rules and enforces them according to the, their own thinking. So check the contract and have a sign made for your business. The business and placement of your sign is very important to your business, specifically to retail establishments. But let me remind you that your business sign is usually the first thing a potential customer will see. And as such, it should be eye-catching and leave an impression that lasts. It also is good to be readable. It would be a good idea to ride around your town and take a look at signs that catch your eye and try to determine the impression of the business the sign leaves you. This is a basic learning formula to determining the design, size, and placement of your business sign. Some of the things you need to consider before opening a business. If you intend to employ one or more employees, you'll be required to deduct federal income tax and social security payments from their checks. This will involve you filing for a federal tax number and necessities. Contact your local IRS office. Most states have unemployment taxes, which need to be deducted from the paychecks of the employees you hire. And there are a number of states that have income taxes, disability insurance, and a number of other taxes. Again, the best thing to do is check your local office at the IRS. And above all else, don't ask, don't forget to ask about rules of minimum wage law and comply. When your business grows to the point of needing additional help, help, don't be afraid to look for a new hire to help help you. When you're ready to hire someone, simply run an ad in your local paper or internet and register your needs with the local office of your state employment services. Businesses either grow or die, and those that grow eventually need more people to continue to grow their business. Regardless of how small your business is when you begin, never walk in with the thought in your mind that something is going to isn't going to keep you busy. Anyone with an attitude of that kind is a fool. You begin and make businesses successful in order to realize financial freedom. Don't just be busy. Establish your business. Put it on its feet and then hire other people to do the work for you. And those businesses that require an operations manager or someone to run the phase of your business, you're too busy to handle, hire a person that's needed um, or the business will surely suffer. To protect the investment of your business, you'll need business insurance. If you have ever had any experiences with business insurance, simply look under the heading business insurance in your phone directory. As for bids from several different companies and agencies, primarily you should have a policy that gives you general liability, fire, workman's compensation, business interruption, and vehicle coverage. You also may want to convert again, have coverage against possible losses related to burglary, robbery, life and accident, key man, and fidelity bonds. As a sole proprietor of a business, you won't be paid as an employee, so there will be no income tax whatsoever for your withdrawal from a company's earnings. What you do is have a gains tax with the IRS office, 
for a tax guide for small business handbook and probably end up buying, filing an estimated tax return on a quarterly basis. The minute you open your doors for business, you'll have to spend some time engaged in the work of bookkeeping. Exactly how is using forms you keep books and recommend it a good tax counselor. The same holds true for your overall business and payroll accounting system. Look for an experienced CPA that knows the accounting problems to your particular kind of business and solicit his advice or counseling. If your business is going to involve the possible purchase or lease of operating equipment, again, seek the help of your tax counselor for the most advantage advantageous method of obtaining needed equipment. Basically, arranging for your suppliers to give you materials on credit will depend on your honesty and personal finance statement. The best way is for you to usually is usually a personal visit with a person with the power to approve or disapprove of credit and the company where you want to set up a credit up account. Show him the financial statement and explain your prospects for success. Then assure him that you'll always honor all of your obligations and that if you ever have a question or a problem, you'd like for him to call you at home. And of course, give him your home phone number. We won't go into the ex extra things like advertising your products, services, or business, but there is something along these lines you should always keep in mind. The best kind of advertising for your business can it can receive and really don't pay for is publicity. When something usually happens to you, your business or your employees, that's news. So be sure and tell the news media your area is all about it. In closing, let me say the most important ingredient of your eventual success with the soundness of planning and before you even started your business. Any number of bad things can really throw your business into a tailspin, but it, if you've done your homework well, really set up a detailed business plan before starting, your losses or setbacks will be minimal. Success takes planning, and with this article, you've got a basic checklist. The rest is up to you. Good luck and may your life overflow with success in all that you undertake from this moment forward. And Christy Ogle with Sometimes Spouse. Occasionally, you need a spouse without the hassle. Have a great day. Bye-bye.